You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Hi, welcome to Nick Luck Daily. It's Wednesday, the 2nd of November. Tom Stanley in for Nick. Um, Great show yesterday from Flemington straight after the Lexus Melbourne Cup. uh, After um, Gold Trip's brilliant success from from off the speed on on testing ground. That was covered yesterday by Nick, by uh, Jay Mangan as well, who also gave you an interview with uh, the now retired Kevin Manning. Jane joins me now. Um, We've got some breaking news, Jane, and, and that is that it will be Billy Lee's last day riding today as far as the the season goes and the, and the championship goes and that really does put the the ball in Colin Keane's court because Billy Lee's uh, appeal has sadly failed for him that is uh, their level but um, Colin Keane's got three days more riding and, and Billy's just got today. Yeah so today Wednesday is the day where the Jockeys Championship in Ireland will be won and lost. Colin Keane will be in action in Dundalk this Friday as he will be at Nace on the final day of the turf season here in Ireland at Nace on Sunday. But Billy has eight rides today and he needs to make them count because as the pair of them enter into racing this afternoon at Dundalk on 89 winners apiece, one man will be riding for two more days and Billy Lee has just got these eight rides left this season. So it's been um, the appeal that happened this morning Many people thought it was a shot in the dark, a clutch in the straws, nothing to lose, just trying to to see if he could get some kind of a result. It didn't come as, as a surprise to anyone that it failed. And um, today now at Dundalk will be a very interesting day, knowing that it's the final day of the season for Billy Lee. And now Colin Keane, if you have back Colin Keane for the Jockeys Championship, it looks like he has one hand on the title for a fourth time. Well, it was a wet day at, at Warwick yesterday. I was I was delighted to be there. Um, there were a lot of owners group members there, and and um, Paul Nichols joins me now just to reflect on on stage star. Um, that was j- just what the doctor ordered, wasn't it, Paul? Yeah, perfect for the first uh, run over fences, jump like he did, travel like he did, and win like he did was just what you sort of you you like to see. Uh, he had a wind up in the summer, so he was a little bit behind some of the others, and I did think he might just need the run. Mm. Uh, he, he couldn't have been any more impressive. What's your sort of overall feeling about how the race panned out and, and, and how good a race it, it was sort of after the event? Uh, I don't think it's worth, you know, at the end of the day, it's like Jelena Bella won, won a match last week. It doesn't, it doesn't matter first time. You want a nice clear round and you know they're going to build on that. I mean, yesterday's run was a uh, run full of promise and we'll up him in great now. go to Newbury for the um, Coral Gold Cup meeting. Um, and then... Um, you know, we'll take him from there. But that's just a n- real nice starting point. I think your first run, sometimes in novice chases, you can never take the form literally. You just want to see them go and jump around and perform like he did. Just touch on the end of last season. Obviously, it didn't work out. Did he have obvious excuses at the festivals? But it's funny, you know, after Brayman's game and him were disappointing at Charlemagne, Lentry, both of them, we found out, for whatever reason, had grade four ulcers, which is as bad as you can get. So that was obviously... In, uh, on you know making them underperform and also he, he's all struggled with his breathing so he had a breathing up in the summer so you tweak things around we're actually uh, feeding something different this year we've changed the diet with them and it's just worked really well so it's just a matter of eliminating your little problems but for whatever reason last spring some of ours weren't right 
It could have just been that we were struggling with ulcers, but we never really conclusively found out. But whatever it is, that's well truly behind him, and the same with Brave Man's game. Okay, what's the limit of his distance, do you think, Paul Stage Star this year? Well, he's not slow. A two and a half is perfect, but he would get three miles easily. Mm. So, you know, he would, at some stage, we can step up. But, you know, at the moment, I'm happy two and a half, two six. We'll just see. Okay, could could the Corto Star be on his agenda or not? <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, it could end up conceivably having Julina Bella for that and also. Um, Possibly um, McFabulous if McFabulous goes well on the weekend. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just see. I mean, you know, we have to try and keep some of those apart, really, if we can. It's just nice to have some really exciting novice chases like that. And um, we're obviously waiting to get Monmoral out. He's, he's due to go soon. And there's Samari, who, who was a bit unlucky the other day. It's, it's nice to have those type of horses to run in those better races. Okay, you mentioned um, McFabulous, who, who we know is going to run this weekend. So too, as we know, at Wincanton now, as opposed to Down Royal, is, is Frodon. It, Paul, is, it, might he still go Frodon to the, to the Betfair chase in, in, two weeks after Wincanton, if all being well, or, or, or is it an either-or? Well, that's, that's, you know, we'll never know. I mean, his older horses stick his racing a bit. Look, when I was watching the entries yesterday, I mean, the Betfair chase is a fantastic race in the Cal. It's always been a great race. Tracks great horses. We've won it... Uh, you know, numerous times with Corto and Silvanaka, Conti and Co. And, you know, I was watching the entries yesterday and I couldn't believe there were so few. So I thought, look, I'm going to stick for it. I mean, I wanted to support the race and have something in it. And look, come the day, there might be three or four runners mm. and there's good prize money. So it's quite conceivable where he could easily run a wing count and then go there. Mm. Why do you think there are so... Again, the ground, the ground could be an issue if it was very, very tested. Why, why are there so few? Is it just is it just this year? Is it is it is it last year's impressive winner and a gold cup winner turning up? What do you think? Yeah, but well, yeah, but you, you, you know, from a trainer, you can't not put horse in the race this stage because you know last year's winner might um, the gold cup winner might go stand on the stone next week and not turn up. So you've got to cover all your options. I, I would thought there should be a dozen or more entries of top horses in there. I thought Venetia said about Lompressi, he's got other options, but horses like that want to be in those type of races really um, because you never know what can happen. If, he, if Blue Tar turns up, then yeah, it's going to be hard to beat. But it's a huge prize money race, and if anything did happen to him, the race would be completely different. Mm. So I think sometimes, I, I, no, I don't know why there's a few entries. I suppose it's, it just says there's a few top horses about, really. That's what it must be. Mm. We need to get some more younger novices getting through the reach of those top horses, I suppose. And it does change from year to year. Mm. Um, all right, a couple of boxes to tick then. So um, are we going to see Grenatine at Exeter in the Halden Gold Cup? Yeah, he's going to run now. They've had some rain. Um, the ground is good. That's ideal for him. It's, it's a month before the um, the Tingle Creek. We we have been sort of looking at the the slow chase at Cheltenham next weekend. Uh, if the ground a bit too quick, it uh, Exeter. But I'm just slightly nervous having a hard race and then getting close to the Tingle Creek. There's a month between, and it worked well last year. So. I would say we've got Grenatine a lot fitter than he was last year. His first run last year, he needed it badly. He's had an away day. He worked very nicely with Frodon last week in Lambourne. So we prepared him better for this race. So I'm hopeful you know, that he, he can be very competitive rather than need it. Whatever happens, there's room for improvement from now until the Tingle Creek as it was last year. It's funny you say about the Schlur and the Tingle Creek because it's something Nicky said to me a few days ago about about Shishkin. You wouldn't want to run in both necessarily. I mean, that's sort of frustrating for the programme though, isn't it? Because you want horses to go Schlur to Tingle Creek. Well, possibly, but then, you know, the Holden Gold Cup's always been uh, served me really, really well with horses that then go on to the Tingle Creek and gives you the extra month. So mm. you've got options there, so we can't grumble, really. Um, you know, it, the, the, but they're, they're, they're sort of separate type of races. Some of the horses that that's running Chartland might go other routes or go further. But three weeks, this time of year, you can easily do the both. Three weeks is is, is, is perfectly acceptable. Mm. But a month is, is a little bit easier. And the Holden's all 
forward served us well. As I said, Corto starting was was second and then went on and and, and won the Tingle Creek Grenadine. You know, had a sort of needed a run last year and then he improved enormously and then won the Tingle Creek. So it's a race that works for us and we just want to do the same. Okay. Um, Lastly, the pub. Who's going to buy the pub, Paul? Fair enough. It's not you then. That's the answer. Definitely not me. No, 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 no. no I've got bad things to do. Worry about running the pub. <laughs> um, have a good weekend. Thanks, Paul. All the best. Thank you, Tom. Okay, let's start with Stage Star, Jane. Um, just a forerunner race. St. Thomas's horse, who I thought looked very impressive in in the preliminaries, walking around, clattered the second. Um, West Cork may or may not have run his race. There, there wasn't much between them on on hurdles rating, certainly. But but Stage Star was absolutely dominant. He was, yeah. The official margin was 13 lengths and we might make excuses for Skytastic that he made a mistake, but it is a novice chase and jumping is the name of the game. Um, Stage Star was last year's Challow Hurdle winner. He had um, a lofty reputation going into the spring festivals where he pulled up at Aintree, he pulled up at uh, Cheltenham and, and Paul Nichols has out- outlined uh, maybe the reason for that. I maybe think I think that this progeny of, of fame and glory are better on good or better ground. I don't think they excel on real heavy, heavy. So let's see how he excels through the season. But I was very impressed with how he took to fences. He hasn't come from a point-to-point background. He's been with Paul all the way through. And uh, he just looked a natural because I have a lot of respect for West Cork. Um He's definitely no mug. He's what rated 152 or 142 over hurdles even. So he's definitely no mug to be brushing aside. And Paul Nichols often starts the season in good shape, but this guy looks like he could be a very good chaser in the making. Yeah. And is a host of um, nice young novices, as Paul touched upon, that he's got going forward this season. What do we make of just six in the Betfair chase? We've got five at Down Royal on Saturday. We're going to come to that. And just six entered in the the Betfair chase for a, a few weeks time. Um, that's disappointing. Yeah, there's no way of dressing it up any other way. It is extremely disappointing, particularly when you think that Frodon was only, you know, by the sounds of it, put into the race because Paul Nichols saw that there was only a small number of runners and that he might back him up quickly after the Badger Ales. Eldorado Allen ran last week. I, I think, is it, a, is it a, an effect of everybody knew Aplutar was going to go there? And they're avoiding the reigning champion, the horse that blitzed the Cheltenham field by 15 lengths. And is it a case that they're all running scared? I don't know. Protectorat is a very good horse. Royal Pugai was well beaten in the race last year. And we have a lot of respect for Bristol Demai, but he is 11, rising 12. So last year's race, there was seven runners. This year, we only have six entries. The likelihood one or two of them won't turn up. The likelihood is you're going to have a very long odds on favourite in Aplutar it looks a little bit uncompetitive but here this is what we have we have it at this side of the water as well yeah you do um I suppose we're sort of we're relatively used to the the big guns certainly in open company um avoiding each other at the early stages of the season although the Betfair Chase has provided some excellent matchups in in the past I guess it's you know, it's it's all eyes on the King George. I think certainly is as when we're going to get some some 
top level staying chasers coming together and taking each other on. I'm thinking Alaho Brave Man's game. Which camper are, are you are you in for those two, Jane? Um, Alaho is the highest rated horse in Willie Mullins's yard, so there's no competition as to who I'm with. But I do always, I, I, I've always remembered the Betfair Chase just being a deeper race. Um, but when you think back to last year, Aplutar won the race by 22 lengths, and I do think Protectorat is a good horse. So let's see what, what kind of dish he can order up this year. But um, uh, waiting for a race in December for a clash is um, a little bit disappointing. I know the King George is a brilliant race, but I just thought we might get one before then. The question is, Tom, what have the British trainers got to take on at Plutar? If you if you you have Protector out in here, uh, Nicky Henderson has cited that some of his big guns won't be coming out until later in the year because of ground. So what was there to take him on? Well, L'Ompresse would have been one of them, I suppose. But L'Ompresse, we know, is, is going to go to Ascot and, and, and perhaps swerve some of the um, well, the Betfair Chase, um, who knows, King George-wise, that's that's a, a little way off. But it, it's definitely notable that those two races we're mentioning, uh, I think we're likely to see Alaho, depending on what happens at Clonmel, go off at the top of the betting for a King George and an Aplutard going off at, at very long on Zom for a, for a Betfair Chase. So it's 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 two Irish horses coming over, uh, and, and thank goodness in some ways that they are, because like you say, I'm not sure what the, the Brits have got currently. Brave Man's Game and L'Ompresse are are the notable ones, but they still need to step up. They, they do. Uh, we saw a very good, I thought a good race in the Charlie Hall last week where Hoysenor disappointed and, and Brave Man's Game laid down his gauntlet. But you talk about the need for some Irish prospects to come over and make the British races a little bit more interesting. I was disappointed that we had no Paul Nichols horses confirmed for Down Royal this weekend because he often makes it so much more, so much more competitive, so much better. He raises the bar when he comes to Down Royal. And unfortunately, that won't be the case this time around. And as a result of that, um, Tom, we have races that look like they're not even remotely betting prospects. And it's not unusual to have small fields at Down Royal at this time of the year, but we'd often have one or two star names, which... We kind of have. It's it's just a little bit deflating. Well, go on. So we, we've got, so I suppose the notable ones are American Mike running in his maiden hurdle. Exciting. Um, we've got two Gordon Elliott horses in the form of uh, Galvin and Conflated at the top of the betting for the the champion chase. We've got a potentially interesting um, beginner's chase, though we don't know exactly what what's lining up. Gordon Elliott needs to... Um, confirm what of his rising five-year-olds are going to stay hurdling and go chasing. We know what Pied Piper's doing. What will what will Fedor do? Um, I think there are some names there, but perhaps we're just lacking some clashes, if, if you see what I mean. Yeah, so we'll start with the grade one, the Labrooks champion chase. You've got uh, Galvin, as you mentioned, second in the race last year to Frodon. Now, it's worth mentioning Frodon only beat... Uh, four rivals in last year's race so there was only five ran we have five left in at this stage including Beacon Edge who's got a ra- uh, an entry in the grade two chase so he's also double entered conflated grade one winner from last year NYLN grade one winner from last year won on this card last year famously beat Echoes of Family who was rated 90 in the grade two race last year so that's uh you know, just shows the, how deep the grade two race or how shallow indeed it was last year. And uh, Willie Mullins has left Kenboy in there. He's been busy over the summer, but he's not the horse that he was. Uh, the grade two, as I mentioned, is we've got six in there, including Beacon Edge. Um, 
Vanillier quite used from from last year. Lifetime Ambition is a decent horse over fences. We know Fury Road is as well. Um, Delvino for Dermot uh, McLaughlin would have to improve an awful lot. So Beacon Edge is probably the horse that stands out there for Noel Mead. And the Grade Two on the Friday, the WKD Hurdle, won by Zana here last year. There was only five runners in the race last year. There's only five left in it at this stage. Uh, including Fieldor, who you mentioned, is uh, entered entered over fences. He and Pied Piper are very unlikely to run against each other, considering they're in the same ownership uh, in and in the same yard. And if you take their ratings, they're both rated 147. Uh, the next highest rated horse is 132, and then you're down to 115 and 112. So you've got a couple of horses in there just making up numbers in a five-entry affair. There's nothing. There's no way to dress that up. That's that's a disappointing turnout. But uh, you mentioned some big names in in the maidens and the beginners. American Mike, as you mentioned, the first race on Friday, he he would be a good way to warm us up for the weekend ahead. And the beginners chase, we could have Mighty Potter or Fieldor again, both of them in the same Colville construction ownership. So they both probably won't run. But it'll be interesting to see which one of them does. Look, Gordon Elliott often targets this meeting. Willie Mullins rarely has his actually never has his big guns ready for this meeting. So it's it's a meeting that Gordon Elliott could easily dominate on both days. I'll be there for RT on the Saturday. And uh, as I said, Frodon really lit a fire there last year when himself and Galvin came down to the last. And it was, and the Manila Indo, it was a super renewal last year. It just, it doesn't look like it has the same grow this year. Now, good racing at Doncaster this weekend. A, a man that will be there, not riding mine, but picking up an award is Paul Mulrennan because... You are Paul the the cock of the north. Um, you are you are the, the top rider in the north this this year. So so well done. This is something you've wanted to win for a while, right? Yeah. Hi Tom. I hope you're keeping well. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've been based up north now for over twenty years. I first moved up north when I was eighteen. Um, it, it's something I, I've seen some great northern jockeys win over the years. Probably starting in my time, with say Kevin Darley. Mm. Um, I think Robert Winston won it, Paul Hannigan. I'm not sure about Tony Plain. I know Danny Tullops won it, Joe Fanning. Maybe Ben Curtis might have won it as well in the last couple of years. But yeah, no, it's something that's been on my radar, obviously being based up here in the north. And I've got to be honest, I've always sort of thought to myself, geez, imagine if I finished my career being based in the north for all these years, never to win it. So it's, it's, I'm really, I'm really uh, pleased to, to, to have got there. Did you sort of see this season coming? You're on course for your best ever season, Paul. You've broken through the 100 barrier again. and I mean, it's been phenomenal for you. Did you did you start the season thinking this this is going to be the one or has it caught you sort of half by surprise? That's a good question, Tom. Um, I don't know. Listen, I, I had a good start to the year. I, um, I've been fit all year as well. I've been very lucky with injuries the last few years. I had a few years there where I was a little bit unlucky with a few injuries. Um, I, I, when I done luck on Sunday the other week with Alex Steedman, I, I think I, I was telling Alex about, you know, a lot of the jockeys i followed throughout my career, they, they all got better in their late 30s and 40s and I just think it's an experience thing, Tom. And like I say, I started off the year well, I've been lucky with injuries, I've, I've tied up with Jim Goldie this year. Jim's had his best ever year in all the years he's been training. He's trained 60 winners this year. So I've been lucky there to, to get in with Jim. And I still rode a lot for Michael Dodds, Camacho, Paul Midgley. Just a lot of the, the, the yards in the north have been very good to me. 
Um, I secured a couple of links there. William Haggis has been good to me this year. I think I rode five winners up north this year. Archie Watson's been very good to me. I rode plenty of winners for him. So just a, just a number of things, really, Tom, you know. Mm. So do you think you're riding better than ever, or is it that combination of, you know, being with the right people at the right time, breeding confidence for yourself means that you're you're sort of at the top of your game, if you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think it's all of them things wrapped into one, yeah, you know, probably am riding with a bit more confidence now than what I was maybe other years ago or whatever but like I say it's 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 all experience and being a jockey is probably the only sport Tom that as you do get older you tend to get better really you know it's it's all down to experience I know the tracks very well up here up the north now I've been up here so long I know them at the back of my hand you know I get a lot of success up in Scotland as well mm. And it, I suppose it's nice, obviously, you know, the Mull Rennans are racing's new power couple now, aren't they, Paul? So it's it's nice that you've had your best season when, when Adele's been, this is her last year presenting or being race course presenter for, for the majority of tracks up there, isn't it? So you've been, you've been, or she's been calling out your name a good bit this year. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, that was her last day yesterday at Red Car. She's done that job now, I think, for seven years. Hmm. But, uh, you know, Stone for us, she's, she's she's doing well for herself. She's she's working hard there. She enjoys the ITV um, racing, and you know she, she's getting better herself. She's she's learning on the job, as you know yourself, Thomas. The more you do these things, the better you get at it. You know. Absolutely. Um, you're not riding on 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 Saturday, then I, I know. So do you? I suppose it's a shame in some ways, but you you get to relax on the day and pick up your award. Yeah, unfortunately, I picked up a two-day suspension the other night in Newcastle for a winner I rode, and uh, I'm banned this Saturday. But listen, you know, I can I can still go down and pick up my award. I'll bring Scarlett down with me. I've got a few friends coming with me as well and family. So, no, I'm really looking forward to picking up that award. Yeah, like I say, it's something that and it's been on the radar all year because of I've, I've, I've had a, I've had a good I've been lucky this year. I've had a good run of things, and I, w- I was in front for a long, long way. So, you know, the last six weeks, I was just praying I could keep my run going and keep the winners coming. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting that hat on Saturday. Yeah, well, you've done it. Um, 20 years up north, do, do you consider yourself a northerner now? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> the Chelsea fan in him is crying, crying to get out here, isn't it? Gotta be careful. Yeah, no, listen, I've... I've been up. I've been up living in Yorkshire, North Yorkshire, for a lot for a lot of years now. I love it up here. Yeah, I, I don't ever see myself moving back down south. You know, I, I do love it up here. Yeah, um, I've got Irish parents, and I always think Yorkshire is very much like Ireland. I, I used to spend a lot of time when I was a kid going on holiday in Ireland. I think that the Yorkshire people are very similar. You know, that was a very politically brilliant. Answer. I thought that was excellently answered, Paul. So so well done. Keeping both sides happy and most importantly, well done and a great year. Thanks for your time. Thanks very much, Tom. Cheers. Well, I'm joined now by Simon Jones. Uh, some listeners out there may know exactly who Simon is and, and what he's doing. Simon lost his son, Tim, tragically to, to suicide when Tim was 17 years old. And, and Tim was a hugely popular member of the, the horse racing community. Um, since then, Simon has done a load of work for a, a very good cause for, for racing welfare, but specifically Simon, who, who's with me now, with regard to, to mental first aid and, and trying to ensure that people within the racing industry have access to support and help with regard to their, their mental health so that hopefully families like yourself can can avoid going through such a, a, tra- a tragedy as, your, as yourselves. Um, tell us a little bit more, Simon. So, um, as you say, you know, my youngest lad 
exam life uh, three years ago now. And, and in, in the aftermath, you know, I went round um, a couple of racing yards where he'd been and just met some of his mates. And, and it was clear to me that although we had no idea that anything was troubling Tim, there were lots of little things that, you know, his mates would say that individually might not stack up to being a problem, but collectively, clearly, clearly there was a problem. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, if, you know, how many other people are in that, are in that situation? Um, you know, I've been involved in racing for a while as an owner, um, you know, and a real, real big fan. And, you know, a lot of these people are very young. They live in rural communities. You know, they work, they work long hours. Um, and I just thought that what seemed to be missing was um, kind of awareness for these people that actually when your mates got a bit of a, you know, got a bit of a um, stress on or whatever, you need to understand the difference between a bad day and something that's a bit more, um, a bit more indicative of a, of, a, of a bigger problem. I knew a little bit about, about mental health first aid um, training, and it seemed to me to be a really good way of, um, you know, getting some widespread support in to, you know, the lads and the, and the lasses and everybody involved in racing across the whole of the UK. So that's what started it. Mm. And, uh, you know, so I, uh, I, I, I set up an appeal. Um, I was very specific about what we wanted the money to do. It was it was to, it was to train mental health first aiders, race and welfare. You know, do some fantastic work um, in a number of areas, including obviously mental health. And they'd already done some stuff around awareness, so linked in with them as a provided the course, and it's just gone on from there really. And, and I think the the bit for me, Tommy, is the response we had to the appeal, you know, I set a target of £5,000 and we hit it within 48 hours. And I think we hit it because people got the story, you know, they got what we were trying to do. And it was, there was a kind of tangible product at the end. And we've gone on from there and, you know, there's, there's over 500 people that have been trained since, 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 you know, since we started all over the United Kingdom, um, you know, working in, Racing communities with their their mates and their colleagues, and you know, I've absolutely no doubt on that they're making a difference. Mm. And it, and if people um, want to train as a, a mental health first aider, I know that Racing Welfare run a, a heavily subsidised mental health first aid course. Uh, they do they do it up and down the country. Usually, you're looking at three hundred pounds for, for for two days, or one hundred and twenty five pounds for a for a half day. But because of the the work you do, you can book on for for eighty pounds or thirty pounds, respectively. So it, it's not at great cost to people at all. And as you say, these individuals, you know, we talk about everyone looking out for their their friends, but but equally, these in, individuals can be trained to know what to look for and crucially to to immediately respond in the right way and make a huge difference. That's right. Yeah. You know. That's, you know. As you, you know, as you point out, yeah, the money that I've raised, as you say, subsidises these, these courses, courses, uh, you know, heavily. And the feedback that we've had from people that have done the course is is is, is overwhelmingly positive, you know, and, and and people genuinely do, you know, you know, make you know think that they're making difference. And of course, you know, we're heading into a really difficult time, aren't we? Both both sort of socially and also 
professionally, you know, with the pressures, pressures on the sport, and of course, the pressures on on life. And uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of people out there that are going to have some pressures, and, and, and we just need these people out there just to be able to, you know, intervene early, point people in the right direction, uh, and you know, hopefully, um, stop people getting to the point where my son Tim was, where he felt he had, you know, only one option. Mm-hmm. You, you've um, completed to fa- some fabulous challenges already to, to raise money. Um, the next one, you, you leave tonight for New York for the marathon. Yeah, so this year, I, you know, I also I think of creative ways of uh, raising both awareness and the money. So this year, I decided that I was going to do uh, seven marathons. I'm 59 uh, this year, Tom, so I thought I'd better get him in before the knees pack in. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so tonight, it's over to New York. So um, another... Another run on Sunday, um, and uh, yeah, let's you know keep on going, keep on raising raising the money. I I, I take it, you, you know what what you and your family have been through is, has has been incredibly tough. Losing your your son, um, it gives you the drive to to keep going for you at what is such an important cause, and and that that sort of desire to help others must be what spurs you on. Yes, when I started running. Um, as a way of, man- of man- you know managing my grief, um, that's what that's what started off. You know, to say the uh, the running, and then I thought, well, if I'm going to run, I might as well, you know, raise some money. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of how it became a not quite an obsession, but certainly a real keen cause. Um, and yeah, you know, um, every time I cross the finishing line, you just you know have a think and. There's that legacy, hopefully, that uh, you know that out of such an awful situation, you know, if we can stop one other person doing what Tim did, and one family going through what my family's gone through, then you know I'll keep on running. How can people donate to to the cause, Simon? Okay, so there's just just giving um, uh, fundraising page, which is simply Simon Jones uh, Marathon Challenge. So if you Google that, or just just go online. That's what it is. Um, similarly, the Racing Welfare um, website's got the information on. Um, so uh, either way, people can uh, you know get on the uh, on the site. And we will on the Nick Light Daily. We'll, we'll link out to, to that as well to make it easy to, for people to donate. And you know, I urge everyone in, in the industry, um, whatever you can, to to go and, and give to this excellent cause. Good luck. Thanks for joining me, Simon. All the best. Thank you very much. Now, I'm obviously very sad that you won't be joining me in the Racing TV studio to cover the, the Breeders' Cup. That is because you're on um, duty at, at Down Royal for RT on the, the Saturday. With regard to the Breeders' Cup, uh, you've had 24 hours now since the draw, Jane, to, to, to get some um, hard and fast opinions, betting opinions. Is there anything leaping out at you now that you think, mm, yeah, just just wins and that that as far as the prices go because you're not allowed to say flight line and as far as the prices go that you think interesting betting prospect uh well i do like dramatized i was everybody was impressed with her in the queen mary and i am under no illusion i don't think she stayed six in the louder so she's been put away they said straight after your connection said straight after your breeders cup so this hasn't been a back thought she hasn't been injured somewhere and missed a race in the autumn this was her target so her getting gate four I think they'll be very happy with that and uh, they'll have Ryan Moore aboard so that obviously is is, is a, a massive positive and I, I was always on the Platinum Queen 
uh, supporters club. But when she got gate 12, I've abandoned ship and I know that's very disloyal of me, but here we are. Um, Nashua will be the focus of many attention in the Breeders' Cup, uh, Philly and Mare Turf. But I, I think above the curve is very interesting for Joseph O'Brien as well and Johnny Velasquez. Obviously, American Pharaoh will be um, you know, well known in, in that part of the world. And I, I would expect her to relish quick conditions if she gets them. And she hasn't been over race this year. I think she might be a bit of a forgotten filly. Um, and of the others, I think Modern Games isn't really a betting prospect, but him getting a solid draw in gate four is uh, is a good spot for him in the mile. I, look, I, I've been sweet on him all the way along. Kinross has been brilliant this season. Him getting 13 of 14 isn't, or sorry, 13 of 16 isn't exactly a positive, but um, yeah, I think Modern Games for me. So I've given you three, Tom. You have to give me at least two. Flight line. Um, ah, stop! I uh, are fired. Nation's pride will will win the turf, Winnie. And I think, do you know what? I'd love Hydefield Princess to win, but I I think Golden Pal in his own backyard is the one. I, I think. Um, I think she'll just latch onto his tail. He, he's a different horse. Is he? He's just a different horse over there around a bend, isn't he? He, he? he. I want her to win, and the and the heart says Highfield Princess, but the head, um, which is which is wrong more frequently. That well, actually, they're they're both often wrong. But the, the head is saying Golden Pal doing something that he does as a you know regularly as opposed to Highfield Princess trying to do something different. I, I just, I I think he's the one. I think she'll latch onto his tail. He's eight, she's six. Keep it simple. And uh, she'll either be good enough up the straight or not. But I often think Golden Pal burns early and up the straight isn't the strongest. So if she can maintain a position in the first half of that race, get around the bend and have a crack at him in the straight, he could be vulnerable. But I get what you mean. His form is so much better at home. Well, Holly Joyle joins me now, um, which is very kind of her because you've not long landed from Japan, Holly, I know. Um, I think between you and Nick Luck in the in the jet lag stakes, it's going to be pretty level, um, given that he's in from Australia. So how are you feeling, Holly? Um, I'm actually feeling feeling fine at the moment. Um, it's just a trouble sleeping, but I'll, um, I'm only here for a few days, so it won't, won't be an issue, hopefully. What, how long was the, the flight from Japan? Um, so it was 10 hours from Tokyo to Chicago and then another hour across to Lexington. So um, it actually went very smoothly, which is what you want. <laughs> Good. How, how's Japan gone for, for both you and, and Tom? It must, have been a, it must have been a huge thrill to, for both of you to be accepted out there. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, we're really enjoying it so far. Obviously, we've only had one weekend of riding, um, but, you know, it was a huge privilege to to have been accepted and we can really see why now. Um, You know, it's ultra competitive um, and, you know, we're both really enjoying it and Tom had a great start with um, two winners and I had a few run well, so hopefully I can get that winner on the board within the next few weeks. How have you you been received out there? I've never experienced racing out there, but... um... I take it the fans know exactly who you are. What's the what's the support been like? Um, it's been it's been really good so far. Obviously, you know, huge huge shock when we got there with the the amount of um, you know racing fans. I think there were like sixty or seventy thousand um, there on the Sunday, and the stands were full. Um, everyone seems to be really passionate and um, enthusiastic over there. Obviously, we've only had a taste of it so far, but so far so good. Mm. 
And what, and what, what, what are the tracks like? Is it, is it a very different experience riding there to the UK or, or not necessarily? Um, I've obviously ridden Tokyo, um, and it seems to be a really fair track, a really stiff, long straight. Um, and it actually, you know, walking the track surprised me. There were a few little um, inclines. Um, you know, watching the replays, you, you feel, you'd feel that it's completely flat, but actually um, turning in home at the two-pole, it actually, um, there's a gradual rise, so it takes a lot of getting home. Um, and hopefully over the next few weeks, I'll, um, you know, we'll learn a lot, a lot more. Yeah, for the, so, so first things first, um, getting in for the, the Breeders' Cup, three rides, uh, Nashua, first of all, what do you what, what do you sort of feel are the, the key to her race going well, Holly? Um, well, this time I've got a good draw. Um, that helps. Which is pretty crucial, yeah, especially around a track such as Keeneland. Um, I'm drawn free, I'm pretty pleased with that. Um, I think... You know, she's proven throughout the year that she's pretty ground versatile, um, which is another um, positive because you don't know what you're going to get at Keeneland. I, I think it's pretty dry at the moment, so it could be quick ground, but she, she's she's run on, on quick ground before um, and she's proven. So we won't have too many worries uh, regarding the ground. How do you look look back on, on Longchamp? Um heartbreak really mm. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie it was um pretty heartbreaking I mean um you know I didn't get off and blame the grounds of the draw I mean I didn't want to make the running but from my draw I rode to get a prominent position and ended up um in front I felt like I got run of the race throughout but I did get softened up a bit earlier um possibly by Tuesday on my outside maybe a stride or two um earlier than I, I wanted and you know, it was in the dying strides where I, I got headed, wasn't it? Mm. So, so either with a better draw there or better ground, uh, I, I mean, it looked to me as though you, you'd have got the job done, but but sort of the conditions and where you, you started the race just counted against you a touch. Equally, as you say, this weekend, there aren't, there aren't those concerns for you. Yeah, exactly. But um, I, I can't really take too much away from the winner that day, the Plastic Carousel. Um, I thought, you know, at the furlong pole, looking back, you wouldn't have picked um, her as the winner. So I think that was a pretty good performance from a filly on, on ground that it, it um, thrived on. Mm. Um, will you, if the opportunity arises, will you will you go forward this weekend or or, or might you take a lead? Um, well, Nashville was really... Um, versatile and I feel like you've got to get off to a good start um, to hold that inside draw um, so it will be really dependent on the pace and um, you know we'll speak to, to the boss John Gosden and what, what he um, he suggests but um, I think it will be pretty important as it was in the Deanne from a good draw to hold that position mm. Now the draw gods haven't exactly been overly kind with um, with the Platinum Queen so uh, how, how much are you a looking forward to getting back on her, but also looking at the early part of the race and what you can do with her? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to getting back on her. Obviously, she was pretty impressive in the in the Abbey last time, beating some older horses. So, um, so you know, it's great that she's back against her own age group, um, and the, the sharp track should suit her. Obviously. Um, she she has got to ta- tackle a bend for the first time, mm. um, but obviously she she's been well skilled in the prep for this. What what's more more frightening the the prospect of coming out of twelve on her, or if you win, going and and, and greeting that group of owners afterwards? Because um, I think they were chanting in the paddock <laughs> afterwards, weren't they? Yeah, it was 
was it was pretty crazy in Longchamp. Um, her her uh, owners are uh, syndicate owners, Midland Park, and um, they really filled their boots that day. They had an excellent day out. <laughs> Obviously, draw aside, she's she's the the best juvenile sprinter around. She's one of the best sprinters around. Full stop. She's um you know she's she should take some beating for all the draws. Not ideal. Yeah, she's got um, a great profile so far. You know, she's one of the quickest two-year-olds in Europe, and she's proven that. So it will it will be really interesting, you know, taking on the Americans because um, they're a different type of speed. I've learned from um, past trips um, to America, um, especially from 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 the barriers. So um, yeah, it will be interesting. Twelve isn't great. Um, I think Golden Pal in twenty twenty um, pulled something pretty magnificent off from that um wise gate but um we'll have to see how we jump all right and, and um she obviously beat floaters last time in france you're you're on board floaters i think for the first time how do you assess her chances we know she's got plenty of early boot yeah she's got a really good draw as well and she's got plenty of early speed she used to make the run in plenty in um back in the uk um long that day was quite a disappointing run i suppose connections would feel but like the ground was um, bottomless, so um, different circumstances um, coming into the Breeders' Cup and better ground, gate speed um, is a big key, and she has that, so she she could run a bit better than her odds. Um, fingers crossed. I really appreciate you you getting on the phone, um, pretty much having just woken up from 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 the flight. So thank you very much. Good luck this weekend and in J- Japan beyond. No problem. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. Right then, time for a Hong Kong update. Here's Jim McGrath. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the Hong Kong beat for our usual Wednesday slot. But bad news, I'm afraid. Racing at Happy Valley today has been cancelled because of a typhoon warning. Tropical storm Nelgai is approaching Hong Kong. I hope I've pronounced that correctly, a Korean word, I believe. And for the safety of everybody living and working in Hong Kong, the number eight typhoon signal has been hoisted. And when that happens, everything stops. Shops, banks and restaurants close, uh, ferries stop running and basically everybody goes home and stays home until the weather clears. It's the first time in 50 years that there's been a typhoon alert in November. And who said climate change is a load of hogwash? I loved Lucky's reports from Melbourne, reporting amid wind and rain and freezing conditions. Believe me, Nick, I've reported many times on the Cup when the temperature was in the 30s or 90s, uh, if you're in certain parts of the world. I'm glad he made it out of there and got onto the plane to the States. He could easily have been caught up in the Cup celebrations, ending up inevitably in the Emerald in South Melbourne. If so, he might still have been there. But I digress. Apologies. Back to Hong Kong, the Jockey Club will apply to the government for a replacement meeting on July the 3rd to make sure they get their full quota of 88 meetings for the season. And now the focus will be on the 10-race card at Sha Tin on Sunday. The spotlight will be on Senor Toba, a rising star stayer in the Sasa Ladies' Purse, in which he'll meet money catcher who's fast developing a reputation as a professional place-getter. So that's it from the Hong Kong Beat this week. Keep your money in your pockets till the weekend. There are plenty more punting opportunities ahead in Hong Kong. I know that for a fact. Jane, could you send me away, us away, with a domestic winner, please?
I hopefully can. And as I mentioned at the start of the program, today's race at Dundalk will be all the more interesting because of Billy Lee and Colin Keane. And I think first blood could go to Colin Keane in the opener at two o'clock, courtesy of Bucky Larson. It might only be a claimer, but by God, is it going to be also important this afternoon? Bucky Larson could give Colin Keane the edge in what could be a very, very informative day. Yep, should be later on at Dundalk. Jane, thank you very much indeed. Nick will be back tomorrow uh, from Keeneland, jet-setting around the world. But it is Breeders' Cup from here on in. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.